This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Hope that you're all well uh, this Sunday morning. I think it's really wonderful that we embark on our series on the book of Psalms. And I know that I've been learning lots from the devotionals in the morning. So today we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 23, and it's a very, very important psalm for us, because many of us would have heard this psalm somewhere before, either the funeral or, you know, you, you just come across it somewhere. So let's, uh, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer, to ask God that he will help us to really get to the heart of Psalm 23. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, as we come before you today, We pray that we may truly understand uh, Psalm 23 uh, to really get not just an intellectual understanding of it, but a real heartfelt understanding of it. That uh, as we come and see the images, the pictures, the poetry, all the more our faith will grow stronger and stronger. And we pray for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, there's a very old song. Uh, that uh, you may or may not have heard of. And it's called, uh, this song, I, I think, uh, can you see this picture? It's a really old song that was written in the 70s, and it's called, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. Now, uh, it's quite a, a joke in my family, because uh, when we first heard this song on the radio, we had a long discussion as, what does this title or what does the song really mean? So I want you to think about it for a moment. What what does that actually mean, uh, this song? Don't it make my brown eyes blue? Okay, so think about it for a moment, and I'm going to do a poll for you. So this is what the poll is going to be about. Okay, so think about what the song said, don't it make my brown eyes blue? And consider for a moment, what the, do the lyrics actually mean? Is the songwriter saying that she wants to change her eye color? that she wants to wear new contact lenses, that she wants to have an eye operation, or is it saying, don't make me sad? Okay, so just spend a moment. Think about what the lyrics said, don't you make my brown eyes blue. Okay, so just spend a moment thinking about it. Okay, don't it make my brown eyes blue. Okay, so I'll just share the results with you. You should see it now. Okay, so wonderful, wonderful. I'm very happy about that. Uh, that's progress. So you can see that when we hear songs, when we listen to uh, lyrics or poetry, we need to kind of like put aside our literal uh, understanding of things and use our imagination, right? use our imagery, because that's what poetry and music and lyrics are all about. So when the, the, the lady sings a song, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue?, She doesn't literally mean that her brown eyes are going to become blue. She means blue by sad, right? Don't make my brown eyes sad or don't make my brown eyes cry. Now, that's very important because today as we come to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms is actually meant to be sung, right? So the book of Psalms is not like the the gospel of Mark, which we we first read uh, many, many weeks ago all along for this whole year. But Psalms is like a different genre, a different type of literature in the Bible where it's meant to be sung. And as we look at the Bible, we actually realize that it was actually meant to be sung originally by the choir leader who was 
David. Okay, who was David? So David, as you can see here, you'll see that the original audience for the Psalms were the Jews, and the Jews were singing the Psalms of David. So they were singing together with David as the choir master, so to speak, and he would be leading them to sing to God with him. Now, the thing is, as we are Christians today, uh, what actually happens is we no longer sing for ourselves in the sense where we sing uh, individually, but rather we are singing to our choir master, Jesus Christ. He is the one who is actually singing uh, for us and with us. So if you can see this slide, originally it was the Jews who were singing together with David. But what happens now is we are actually singing together with Jesus Christ. Okay, so you can see these uh, arrows which are coming up. So in the past, the Jews used to sing together with David, through David, to God their king. But what's happening now? We are singing with Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus, to God our king. So let's look at the passage right now. Now that we've understand sort of how we're supposed to read and sing the Psalms, so to speak. So uh, let's look at the passage. So um, I know many of us, uh, I know for myself personally, and uh, Jennifer's going to be sharing with us later as well, where she's memorized Psalm 23. We are very familiar with the older version of Psalm, uh, where we think of uh, a more poetic version of it. But we're going to be using the newer version just for a moment. I want you to pay attention to the first image that we see in this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, the first image that we see here is God as the shepherd. Now, this image is very important, right? So I said, you know, when we come to the psalms, we're singing, the Lord is my shepherd. And what is the image of shepherd bring to us? What is the image of shepherd bring to our imagination and our emotions and our feelings? Well, the picture of a shepherd really is one of care, one of protection, right? The, the shepherd guards the sheep. The shepherd cares for the sheep. The shepherd guides the sheep. So these are the images that we are meant to see as we look at this passage. Uh, it's not so much that he's just a shepherd, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine, fine. But rather, as we look at this passage, we're meant to see that the Lord is my shepherd. is an image of caring, of guidance, and of protection. Now, it's not that it's just the Lord is a shepherd, but rather, as we look at this passage, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, this is very important, isn't it? Because he's not some sort of impersonal, distant God who set creation in motion and disappeared and went off to do something else. He's my shepherd. He's relational to me. He looks after me. He cares for me. He guides me. So there was another song. Uh, okay, so I've got a lot of old songs. I'm not sure my age. Uh, by Bette Midler, which called God is watching from a distance. But God is not like that. He is not watching from a distance. He is my shepherd. He is closely and intimately watching over me. Now, you can go to any other religion in the world. You can go to other temples, other places of worship. And the gods that you'll find there are, are invariably distant gods. Right? God is far, far away. I'm not really sure whether he's listening to me. 
He's very powerful. I'm very small. He's, I don't know where he is. But here in Psalm 23, it is a very intensely personal psalm where the Lord is my shepherd. Now, because God is my shepherd in this way, when we go back again to the passage, I want you to notice what it says. It says four active verbs where my shepherd does things for me, right? Active verbs are what the shepherd is doing for me. So let me highlight them for you so you can see it a bit better. First of all, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. This is what God is doing. God, my shepherd, does for me. He does all these things. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me to the right paths. And that was what we would expect God, our shepherd, to do because he cares for me. He protects me and he guides me. Now, the first image we saw was God is a shepherd. And that's a very powerful, raw, emotional image for me to hold on to. He's not some distant, impersonal God. But two other images are now brought into this poetic song, right? He leads me and makes me lie down uh, on green pastures, it says. Green pastures. Now, I think that uh, these images are very, very important. So if you think about it for a moment, uh, images bring different sorts of feelings uh, to us, right? They bring us to different sorts of feelings. So if I say that God has brought me to green pastures, it's some, something if, that makes me feel at peace. This is what God is bringing me to. It, it gives me calm. It gives me quiet. It gives me a sense in which this is where God is actually bringing me to, where I feel calm. I feel protected. I feel provided. I feel at peace. He brings me to quiet waters. Okay, so again, it's another image where God is trying to communicate to us exactly the sort of uh, protection, the sort of images that I can relate to, not just intellectually in my mind, but emotionally in my heart. And as we live in the world today, and as we come to Psalm 23, these, these images are so important because God the shepherd guiding me to green pastures, guiding me to quiet waters, brings me to a sense in which I can trust in the shepherd God because we do not live in a world today which are filled with these images of calm, care, provision, and protection. Instead, when we look at the world today, what are the images that we see? The images that we see are ones that bring us fear. Uh, the, the, the images of living in a world with coronavirus or, or living in a world where there is racial tension where policemen uh, can kill black people. So we are living in a world which really, really needs to know of God, the shepherd, who guides us and leads us and does the four verbs in order to bring us to these quiet places. Because really, we are living in a world that is out of control 
and on fire. So as we look at this passage, I want us to think again about what God is really saying here. Okay, so let me not get you distracted by the image. Let's come back again to what God's word says. Now this time, I'm not going to bring you to the uh, most up-to-date version of the NIV which we're using, but I, the one I prefer, which is the NIV 1984 version, which I memorized. Right? Because he says that he leads us, again, let me annotate this for you. He leads us. He restores my soul and he guides me in paths of righteousness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, when you think about this for a moment, this is quite strange. Because when you think of normal shepherd guiding his sheep, the shepherd guides the sheep through mountainous passes, through fields, through valleys, but he doesn't restore people's soul. I mean, I don't know if sheep have souls, but but here this heavenly shepherd restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness. And he says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or in the latest version, through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Now, this doesn't seem like the normal work of a shepherd. And I don't think it is. Because God, our Yahweh Shepherd, our Lord, Lord Shepherd, guides us in a supernatural way, in a supernormal way. He guides us in paths of righteousness, in the right way. And as we sing this song, not through the voice of David, but through Jesus Christ, our Savior, we understand what it means that God guides us on paths of righteousness. He guides us on the path of righteousness because Jesus is the one who guides us on this path of righteousness. So if you remember from the book of Mark, we are given this righteousness, we walk on this path of righteousness, and not because we ourselves are righteous, but because Jesus himself gives us his righteousness. He credits us his righteousness. He counts us righteous because Jesus himself is the one who is our savior. Now that's really important to hear, and let me share with you the slide, which I think will make it a bit clearer. So as we see this slide here, we see that Jesus is the one who through his righteousness leads us to these fields, right? The, the, the green pastures and the quiet waters. But it doesn't end there. We are able to sing this psalm with Jesus, in Jesus, and through Jesus. Because as we are led in this path of righteousness, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we will fear no evil. We will fear no evil. We will not fear the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley. Why? Because Jesus has risen from the dead. As Jesus also brings us through the path of righteousness, yes, Jesus also leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Through Jesus' resurrection, 
we are able to sing Psalm chapter 23 together in Jesus, with Jesus, and through Jesus, because in Jesus we are in righteousness, and in Jesus we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, because he is risen from the dead. Now these things are really important for us to hear. We are able to sing Psalm chapter 23 with greater confidence than the Jews did because we know now Jesus has fulfilled what the promise of Psalm 23 has said. Jesus, because of Jesus, God is indeed my shepherd. Because of Jesus, he is truly able to lead us to the green pastures and the quiet waters. Now, the passage then goes on, uh, if you follow with me. So let's look in verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now in verse 5 to 6, we see a different image of God. And you know, images are very important, right? So the first four verses is about God, the shepherd, leading, caring, guiding, protecting his people to bring them to the darkest valley, to the green fields and the quiet waters. But verse 5 to 6, we see that the image that we are now given about Yahweh God, the Lord Lord, is that of a host. Right? He prepares this table before me. But he does three really strange things. So let me annotate it for you. What are these three strange things? First, he prepares this table for me in the presence of my enemies. The second thing is he anoints my head with oil. And the third thing is my cup overflows. Now, I don't know whether you've been invited to uh, people's houses and they've been your host, but um, I've never really been anointed. You know, when I go to people's houses, I don't see my enemies there when I go to people's houses for uh, dinner. So what is God really saying about himself as the host, as this heavenly host to his banquet, so to speak? I think the first point that he's trying to make is that he brings us to his banquet table in the presence of my enemies, saying that your enemies cannot prevent you from entering into his heavenly banquet. In a sense, they are witnesses of their inability to stop God from bringing you to his heavenly banquet. And that's very similar to the idea of the shepherd, isn't it? Because the shepherd can protect his sheep and guide them to where the quiet green fields and the waters are. So in the same way, God as the heavenly host is able to bring us to his heavenly banquet in spite of our enemies. He anoints my head of oil. Well, apparently in the olden days, uh, when you live in the desert, uh, what do you suffer from? 
you suffer from dry skin and sunburn, I suppose, you know, it's very dry in the desert and the air is very dry. So you need oil, right? Or moisturizer or something like that. And so the picture here is one of a host who cares for his guests, who gives them oil to make their skin comfortable, so to speak. So again, it's very similar to the picture of the shepherd, isn't it? He, he cares for you. This heavenly host cares for you. He cares for your well-being. It's an image of care. My cup overflows. So, you know, it's like, a, I don't know about you, but um, maybe I'm a difficult customer. Sometimes I go to the, um, to the hawker center and I'm really waiting for phase two so I can go back to the hawker center once again. And sometimes, you know, I order my, my day or whatever, and they only fill it halfway. You know, have you ever had experience before where, you know, they've only filled up your cup halfway? And so I ask them to fill it up a bit more. <laughs> but in that sense, you can, and you can understand when, when it says there in verse five that God prepares a table for me and my cup overflows. He's trying to say that he is a generous God. His provision is without limit. And this is a wonderful picture, isn't it? It's a, it's a picture that's meant to fill us with, with great love and faith and, and warmth and understanding that this God that we have, is not some impersonal, far-off God. He's inviting us to his heavenly banquet. He is going to get us there in spite of his enemies or our enemies. He's going to care for us, anoint our head with oil. He's going to make our cup overflow. Now, because of these three things that God does, then in verse 6, we know that we can have confidence in God. And that's why in verse 6 it says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me, not just for that meal, not just for that banquet, all the days of my life, it says. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, because we know that God is this generous, caring, loving, protecting host, I know that God's goodness, God's love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell with the Lord in the house of the Lord forever. So to come again back to the slides I have, so God here is the great, heavenly, generous host. He prepares this great banquet for us. And we know the characteristics of the banquet because of the images that we sing together with Jesus, right? So what are these characteristics? Goodness, love, care, and generosity. And because of that, because we know that this is God's intention for us, God's relation with us, we know we will live in the house of the Lord forever. But we know that we can sing this even with more faith and more clarity because when Jesus went to the cross, what did he say? Do you remember the night before he died? He said, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When Will we drink at this great heavenly banquet where the wine or the, 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 our cup overflows? It will be with Jesus in the kingdom 
of God. Again, Jesus says in the book of John, In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So we can see that we are only able to go into this banquet and enter into the house of the Lord and dwell there forever. Why? Because we are all in Christ. And being in Christ, we can sing Psalm 23, that through Christ and with Jesus, we will be with Jesus at this great banquet and dwell with Jesus in the house of the Lord forever. So today we've been given two wonderful images of God that we sing to. God is not distant. He is not impersonal. He is not far away. He is the Lord, our shepherd. And he is God, our host. So in conclusion, I remember once where uh, we, a friend of mine and I were talking about this friend who died uh, really suddenly. And this friend of mine said, well, what can we, what lesson can we learn from this guy dying so suddenly? And then he said, oh, we should play more golf. Now that's pure escapism, right? I mean, that's, that's like saying, oh, we should play more computer games because, you know, time is short. But that really doesn't hold if you were to go to the funeral. Right? If you imagine you're going to the funeral and you say, oh, you know, the guy should have played more golf or played more computer games. But what really gives encouragement when we go to the funeral is something like Psalm 23, where in Psalm chapter 23, we see that God is the shepherd. He is the one that cares and loves each and every one of us. He is the one who truly brings us to green pastures and quiet waters. He is the one who through Jesus has given us a path of righteousness. And through the risen Jesus, we know that we are able to go through the darkest. God is the heavenly host. He is the one who is able to feed us, provide for us, care for us, even protect us from our enemies. At the end of the day, we are able to sing so much more confidently of what we have in God because of Jesus. So this last uh, background, I just want to show you. So actually, we need Jesus. I got this all from why, right? Because Jesus is the one who allows us to cross over to the green fields and the quiet waters and the heavenly banquet and the house of God's dwelling. So in Jesus, with Jesus, through Jesus, let us sing Psalm 23 and sing it with great confidence and encouragement. Now right now I'm going to invite uh, Jennifer. Uh, actually she memorizes Psalm 23 and it helps her through her day. So I just want you, as she gives us her memory verse, to see how easy it is to really remember Psalm 23 once you get those images that God is the shepherd and God is the host. So I'll just invite uh, Jennifer to come on now. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer. Thank you for allowing me to share. I pray Psalm 23 in times and frequently throughout the, the week when I face difficulties and challenges, when I, uh, there are fears and anxieties and 
sometimes we are lost for words to uh, to pray. So we pray for God's will to be done. Pray that we'll continue to trust and faith in Him and to know that He has uh, all the plans for us. So um, let's pray this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Make me lie down on green pastures, you lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. You guide me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I pray this and gain confidence and to know and to trust God in all things and uh, in all the conversations I have uh, managing difficult situations and challenges. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.